And you're back with uh, with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. But before we get into it, Lawson has another clue for our quiz. Nobody snapped this one up yet. Come on, guys, get your thinking caps on. Okay, here we go. Who am I? Again, we know that this you guy are Lawson. Yeah, <laughs> it's who my quiz like. Oh, hey, but by the way, big shout out to uh, Cameron Gilroy, yeah. hero who is walking through the door right now. So uh, apparently, it was Cameron who came in yesterday and fixed our headsets. Oh man! So uh, what a legend! Yeah, big shout out there. Shout out Cameron. <laughs> Go Cameron! That's right. awesome. Okay, who am I? We we know that this guy who protects those whose names are written in the book. He is one of the chief princes. He disputed with the devil about the body of Moses. That's where we got up to, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now our next clue is Revelation tell twelve tells of me and my angels fighting against the dragon and his angels. So, bam, pop on, pop on over to Revelation 12, find out who that is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will get a prize. Okay, so back into the book of Revelation, and mm-hmm. looking at the uh, subject of the seven seals, there is another seal here, the eighth seal. Can we call it the eighth seal? I don't think so. I think people will call me a heretic if I say that there's eight seals. Yeah, I, I would I would call you a heretic. I'd say, wee wee heretic alert, Lyle, get out of the studio, disfellowship. Millennials. Before you get too bent out of shape over this one, Lawson, yep. let me put you in your place. Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, there is a prophecy called the prophecy of the seven seals. Mm-hmm. That prophecy begins in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. It extends mm-hmm. until Revelation chapter 8 and verse 1. Yes. Okay, so that's the prophecy of the seven seals. Within that prophecy, you have the 144,000 who are Mm -hmm. sealed with the seal of the living God. Okay, so we need to find out what is the seal of the living God. And we need to identify, you know, just what is it that we are dealing with here when the Bible speaks about this very specific seal. And there are a number of uh, key elements that we need to focus on. In, uh, in looking at the seal of the living God. And one of those is that we need to, we need to note that this seal is different from and separate from the uh, seal of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So we'll draw a bit of a contrast uh, between those two. But before we do, we also need to remind ourselves that the seal of the living God is given to the 144,000, as mm. we have discovered over the last couple of days. And if you mm. did not tune in, naughty, naughty, if you missed uh, some of that Bible study, uh, then give us a call. Uh, we would love to be able to share it with you. The 144,000 are not literal Israel. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. Literal Israel is not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Spiritual Israel is mentioned here. Mm-hmm. And that is important. And the we know that it's spiritual Israel because you don't have all of the tribes of literal Israel here. You know, Dan and Ephraim are not listed mm-hmm. here. And the order of the tribes is all jumbled up. You know, usually mm-hmm. you start from the oldest and go to the youngest. Mm-hmm. But they're all jumbled up. And the reason that they're jumbled up, of course, is to use their names to give you a spiritual lesson about the gospel. So this is um, about the gospel. We know that this is... Um, Spiritual Israel. So this is God's people, God's church at the very end of time. Mm -hmm. We need to receive this particular seal. 
Okay, so just uh, talking very quickly, you know, the Bible speaks about the seal of the Holy Spirit, which is given by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's given after hearing the Word of God and believing at the time of conversion. Yes. And it is directly related to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the, the seal of the Holy Spirit comes with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation chapter 7, we are not talking about the seal of the Holy Spirit. We are mm-hmm. talking about what is called the seal of the living God. Yes. Okay, so this, in contrast to that, if we go to Revelation chapter 7 um, and verse 3, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. This seal is given by an angel mm-hmm. that is coming from the east. Yes. The first one's given by the Holy Spirit. This one's given by an angel. This one, the Bible says, don't hurt the earth, the sea, the trees, so forth. In other words, hold back the plagues mm-hmm. until we have sealed the servants of God. So this mm-hmm. is a seal that precedes the plagues. Clearly, it is given to those who are serving God. And what you're going to find out is um, the Bible says Till we have sealed the servants of our God, this is verse 7, in their foreheads. Mm-hmm. 144,000 are mentioned in one other place in the Bible. Do you remember where that is? Yes, Revelation chapter 14. Let's flick over there very quickly and let's read about this seal. It's described very differently here in Revelation 14. And verse 1, please. What is it that they have in their foreheads? Okay, here we go. Revelation 14 and verse 1, the Bible says... Then I saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Okay, so what does name... This, the, the, oh, clearly they have the father's name in their foreheads. Mm-hmm. What, does the, what does name symbolize in the Bible? Because the name clearly here is synonymous with the seal of God. Mm-hmm. You know, Does that mean that there's an angel that goes around and stamps uh, Yahweh on everybody's yeah. forehead? No. Because that's an external thing, and the Bible mm-hmm. says that it's received in the forehead, mm-hmm. um, in your mind, in your brain. Uh, however, we note here that it is synonymous with the seal of God. What, is, what does name signify? Or um, and this is this is a bit of a guess because I've heard this before, but um, it, a name like represents like character. Absolutely. Yeah. And the father's name represents character. So mm-hmm. if you go to the book of Exodus, yes. let me read for you uh, from the book of Exodus where God says, I'm going to proclaim my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is before Moses. So just This is where I heard this. Well, I read it in the Bible, and I was like, oh, I hope it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So Moses says this, I beseech you, show me your glory. And he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And then he goes on to describe himself. Rather than saying, my name is Yahweh, he says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Yeah. And so he goes on to describe his character. And, of course, a little bit further on you find um, in verse chapter 34 and verse 5, the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him and proclaimed the name of the Lord and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God. Merciful and gracious and long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. Mm-hmm. That's verse 6. And so when God proclaims his name, he proclaims his character. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is a clue here that we need to note. Yes. Whereabouts in the Bible do you have the most perfect expression of the character of God? Well, Okay, so first of all, what is God's character? 
Love. Where do you have the most perfect written expression of the character of God? Like thematically, like someone writing about what is God's character? <coughs> God writing about his own character. Oh, God writing about his own character. We could talk, would probably be Jesus, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, okay, all right, let me narrow this down a little bit further. God the Father okay. talking about his own character. Well, Jesus says, if you've seen the Father, you've seen yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is <laughs> twisting and turning, trying to, <laughs> trying to get out of this one. Okay, let me take you to a verse that might help you uh, a little bit. Let's go to Romans mm-hmm. chapter 13 and verse 10. The Bible says this, love. That's the mm-hmm. character of God, right? Mm-hmm. So Romans 13 verse 10, love works no ill to his neighbor, mm. therefore... Love is the keeping of the law. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, here you've got God the Father proclaiming the law, and what Jesus Christ is, yeah. Mm. Both of them involved in proclaiming the law from Mount Sinai. Yes. And that law is all about love to God mm-hmm. and love to each other. Yeah. Therefore, the law of God is all about love. Mm-hmm. And God is love. Yes. Therefore, the law of God is a written transcript of the character of God. Yes. And if God's character is written in their foreheads, then we would say that God's law is written in their foreheads. Bam. All right. If you go to the New Covenant, the description of the New Covenant in Hebrews, let's go over there very quickly. Hebrews chapter 8. This is the only place in the New Testament where the New Covenant is described. And let me read to you the New Covenant. The Bible says in verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make. This is Hebrews 8. Verse 10, with the house of Israel after those days, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. God's law written in our mind, in our forehead, the seal of God found within the law of God. We're back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And this is what it is that identifies God's people, and this is Mm -hmm. what it is that separates God's people from the rest of the world. It is those who follow the law of God, who keep God's law. It's Mm -hmm. as simple as that. And this is why God's like, yes, this is where my seal is going to be. I'm going to place it in the forehead. Okay, so the seal of God is a is like a mark of authority or ownership. It's it's mm-hmm. when, when the angel goes out to seal the servants of God in their forehead, he is differentiating between those who serve Satan and those who serve God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to identify, you know, all right, definitely, very, very clearly this is related to the law of God. Nobody's going to argue that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we now need to do is we need to find out, well, you know, is there a specific part of the law of God that this seal relates specifically to. Obviously, it is an identification of those who worship God, right? Yes. And it has a counterpart, an opposite, in the book of Revelation. What is the opposite? So Revelation is full of opposites. You have God. you know, you have uh, Jerusalem versus Babylon. You have, you know, the great harlot versus the woman in white. You have the three angels versus the three unclean spirits. You know, no, 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 yep, no, no, yep, no. Yep. You have the seal of God versus the what? Mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, which is placed in the forehead or in, in the, the hand. hand. Yeah, Ooh. that's different. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, of course, that identifies those who uh, who serve Satan, mm-hmm. who do not serve God. Yep. Okay, so the issue here, the issue with the mark of the beast, if you read Revelation chapter 13, well, in fact, let's go over Revelation 13. Let's find out what the issue is with the mark of the beast and the seal of God. 
So Revelation chapter 13, and Lawson, why don't you read for me verse 3 and 4, please? Sure. The Bible says in Revelation 13, verse 3 and 4, I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole earth marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshipped the beast. Who is great? Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed, who is able to fight against him? Okay, so they marveled at the beast, they worshipped the beast, mm. and they worshipped the dragon. Yes. Verse 8. Okay, verse 8. And all the people who belonged to this world worshipped the beast. Stop there. Verse, I'm going to, I'm going to pick out the, uh, the, the continuing theme here, verse 12. Okay. Verse 12 says, He exercised all authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. Thank you. All right. So here you've got uh, the issue of worship is coming up again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And one last mm-hmm. time in the end of verse 15, it says, um, as many as would not worship the image of the beast would be killed. So that's five times in 12 verses. Mm-hmm. The mark of the beast is all about worship. Mm-hmm. The seal of God is all about worship. The issue at the end of time is all about true worship versus false worship. It is that simple. Mm-hmm. So we know that the seal of God is going to identify those who truly worship God. Yeah. So we need to look for some uh, some, some some places where uh, or so, so, some ideas as to where we might find this particular seal. Ooh. So let's consider the issue of worship. God asks us to worship Him. Right. Mm-hmm. What right does he have to do so? I can answer this question. Oh, you can? Uh, yeah, I can. It's one of my favorite verses in Revelation 4.11. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by and for your pleasure they were created. They are and were created. They they are and were created. Man, I, had, <laughs> I had a few different translations running in my mind at the same time. This is why I but, never use one translation. Yeah, but, this is Lawson's favorite verse in just about the whole book of Revelation. Dude, seriously, just the best thing ever. I actually, I, I preached last weekend and I, I started with that verse as I did the last time I preached because it's just amazing. But yes, why do we create God? Uh, sorry, why do we worship God? We... Because he created. Because he created us. Mm. Okay, absolutely. Is there another reason why we should worship God? First of all, he created us, but has he done more than that for us? Let's have a look at at Revelation chapter 1. I got got some verses there as well. Revelation chapter 1, the Bible says in verse uh, 5 and 6, I'm pretty sure, it says, All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so not only do we find that Jesus created us, but he also redeemed us. Mm. He gave his life for us. And these are the two things that uh, give God the right to ask us to worship him. Number one, he created us. Number two, he redeemed us. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to think about then is, is there something in the law of God that Mm. points towards both creation and redemption? Well, just before we go there, I just want to look real quick at the three angels' messages, because this gives us a little bit of insight as well 
about the message that God's people will be proclaiming at the end of time. We're just going to look at the first angel's message. This is what the Bible says. It says, you know, fear God, he shouted, give glory to him. For the time has come when he will sit and judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. So we see at the end time, we're seeing this like issue of worship, right? Of like worship Satan or worship God. And God's end time people are also proclaiming, hey, worship God because of creation. Worship him who made. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it, it, it adds even more fuel to the fire, adds even more Absolutely. evidence to our stock here of, of what does this worship have to do with creation, right? Oh, and by the way, guess what? We're right within that passage, it quotes from the Ten Commandments, but uh, let's yeah, look it does. at what Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the issue of worship at the end of time quotes directly from the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's think about, uh, so, so we're looking for something that is both in mm-hmm. the Bible, a sign of creation. Okay. And... A sign of redemption. Yes. All right. One more thing. Yes. Um, in biblical times, a seal, and and this is this is using language that was very familiar to the time, and is somewhat familiar to today, but less so. Um, you, today, you will have a political seal or a business seal or so forth, but an official seal contains three elements: a, an official political seal, mm-hmm. name, title, and territory. Yeah. So, for instance, if you were going to use a political seal in here in Australia, you know, ScoMo would have one that would give his name, Scott Morrison, his title, Prime Minister, and his territory of Australia. Yes. Uh, that's that's how a seal works. Now, we don't really use them that much these days, but, yeah, they're kind of still around. You still see them on the odd occasion. But, in, of course, in those days, seals were used all the time. They were, yeah. you know, they were part of daily business almost. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking for somewhere in the Bible where you have the elements. And by the way, these elements of a seal are biblical. Yes. You find the Bible speaks about it. So the biblical elements of a political seal, name, title, and territory. Okay, so here's what we've got so far. We know the seal of God is somewhere in the law of God. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, the 144,000 have the Father's name, which is his character, which is described in his law, written in their foreheads. Mm -hmm. So we're looking for somewhere in the law of God that is about worship, that is about creation and redemption, and that contains the elements of a political seal. Revelation 14, uh, verse uh, verse 7 and 8 that you were just reading for Mm -hmm. us there, the Bible describes... Um, those who who uh, um, you know the hour of judgment has come. Worship him that yeah. made heaven, earth, sea, and the fountains of waters. Where is that quoted from? What part of the law? Revelation chapter twenty and verse eight. He said that with such confidence. Yeah, but he's wrong. No, well, I, that's that. Come <laughs> Exodus come chapter twenty. Oh, Exodus chapter twenty. He said Revelation. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I told you revenge would be sweet, didn't I? <laughs> it's specifically quoting, of course, from verse 12, but it's 8 through... Yeah, 8 through 12. Sorry, 8 through 11. 8 through 11. Yeah, I'm, I'm wrong yeah, this time. Man, come come on, Lyle. What is wrong with the you breakfast just, host this just morning? We're running around in circles here. We're just struggling. Okay, remember the <laughs> Sabbath day to keep it holy, for in six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, and you shall not do any work. You, nor your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, nor your cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gates, for... Here it comes in six days. The Lord made heaven and earth name, title, and territory right there. The Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. 
and the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Mm-hmm. Right there, you find God claiming this as his seal. Mm-hmm. And we'll look a little bit more deeply into this as we come back after this song break. Why would God choose something like a day? Mm as a way of reminding us of his creative and redemptive power. My worth is not in what I own Not in the strength of flesh and bone But in the costly wounds of love My worth is not in skill or name In win or lose, in pride or shame But in the blood of Christ that flows
You're listening to Keith and Kristen Getty here on Faith FM. Lawson, what have you got for the next clue for the quiz? Nobody snapped this one up yet. No, no one has snapped this one up yet. Okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. one 800 if you know who this is. Who am I? I am not Gabriel, but I am an archangel. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. You can only have one archangel. Yeah. Arch means only have greatest is singular. Mm. You can't have two that are greatest. Yeah. There's only one archangel. Who is the greatest messenger who ever, ever, has ever lived? Uh, if you know the answer to that question, then give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669 for your free copy of The Great Controversy, Past, Present, and Future, here on Faith FM. But we're continuing on with our subject of the seal of God. We have found that the seal of God is central to the law of God mm-hmm. and that it relates to God's power of creation and redemption. When we go to Revelation chapter, sorry, Exodus chapter 20, and I'm going to make your mistake. Yeah. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11, we find that the Bible says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, for in six days God created the heavens and the earth. And so God has created a memorial of creation, and this is a memorial in time. Why do you think he created a memorial in time? What is the advantage of having a memorial in time? Well, it's you you can't change it really. Like it just it just exists and it's, and it's constant- global and it's in every culture and it's the same everywhere, right? Yeah. And it's a blessing to everyone. And this is very similar to what the government does when the government wants to, you know, to remind us of, you know, something that is taking place that has been really important, some historical event, um, and uh, um, and so forth. And so we um, we need to to you know when the government wants you to remember say for instance Anzac Day mm-hmm. creates a public holiday yep. and this is what God has done God has given mm-hmm. us a public holiday to remember that he is our creator that he mm-hmm. created us and that public holiday comes once a week and it comes on the sabbath yeah i want to ask you the question which is really good because the government's kind of stingy you know yeah. <laughs> once a year so i was like yeah no once a week i want to ask you the question though that people argue against the sabbath and say isn't isn't the sabbath just a jewish thing yeah that does don't, my head in don't jews just keep the sabbath it's like god gives you a public holiday no we don't want it it's terrible as legalism having a having a holiday once a week yeah seriously Okay, so is the Sabbath just a Jewish thing? Let me ask you this question. When the Sabbath was first given, it was given to Adam. Mm. What nationality was Adam? Uh, Antideluvian. Antideluvian. In the New Testament, you find that the Sabbath Sabbath was practiced by, Sabbath keeping was practiced by the Gentile church Mm -hmm. in Turkey. Yes. So these are like Greeks and Turks and so forth that are Sabbath keepers. Uh, let me think. I'll give you some other examples. In Isaiah chapter 66, last two verses, the Bible says that the Sabbath will be kept by every single person on the planet after Jesus comes back. What nationality is every single person on the planet? Every nationality. Every nationality, the human <laughs> race. Uh, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for humanity. Yes. He does not say the Sabbath is made for Jews. Mm-hmm. And in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus commanded that the Sabbath be kept right down to the end of time um, by Christians. Has Christianity extended outside of Judaism? 
Yes. We could go on and on and on. No, the Sabbath was made for everybody. People make that mistake because Jews are the most common Sabbath keepers in our world yeah. today. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're just like, oh, this must be a Jewish thing. No, it's not a Jewish thing. It's a Bible thing. Mm. But, from, to- but yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, from like many Christian uh, apologists or people who like to, you know, talk about stuff they're like oh yeah the sabbath is a jewish thing the the most compelling evidence for me is like yeah the sabbath is is found in creation yeah like god created it from the beginning before there was jew Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so yeah that's awesome Yep, absolutely. Okay, so um, we continue on with our discussion here. We find that uh, the Sabbath is a memorial of creation. Let's go over to, let me find you this passage in the book of Ezekiel. And I'm going to show you something here. It will blow your mind because we noted oh, that there are go. two reasons, two reasons that God has the right for of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Sabbath is an issue that becomes of increasing importance the closer we get to the end of time in many ways because what it is is it defines those who worship God and those who don't. Yeah. And there's a really important reason as to why this is the case. You see, the Sabbath commandment is neutral. It's not like any of the other commandments. The other commandments are all obvious. Yeah. Okay, so it's going to make a difference mm. if you kill somebody or don't kill someone yeah. to your life. Mm. It's going to make a difference if you commit adultery. It's going to make a difference if you are a liar. It's going to make a difference if you steal from other people. Then you come to the Sabbath, and the Bible says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor, but the seventh day. Is it going to make a difference to your life which day you choose? Well, I, th- I think, yeah, from a... From a spiritual perspective. A, I'm just saying from a practical perspective. A, not really. No, because you can be any religion at all. Mm-hmm. You can be Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, atheist, whatever you want to be, right? And it's going to make a difference if you kill someone. It's mm-hmm. going to make a difference if you lie. Mm-hmm. But which day of the week you take off as your free day, your holiday for the week, it's not going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And this is why the Sabbath is so important. Because the Sabbath defines who it is that we worship. Yeah. Because who you worshipped, the person that you worshipped is the person who is highest in your life. Mm-hmm. And if God says, I want you to worship me on the seventh day, and we come along and say, well, you know what, I think I think the first day of the week is good enough. mm then we are demonstrating that we are saved by works and not by grace. We are saying that our works, our decision as to which day is good enough, is good enough for God, and God is just going to have to live with it. But when you truly love someone, you just do what they say. And that's why the Sabbath identifies true worship. Comes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind. A leader will arise to take the reins. Saying love will bring us peace if you put your hope in me. Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose As the masses take his mark Believe the lie to chill their hearts They'll know the time has come to seal their fate Oh, 
those who cling to the cross will refuse and pay the cost as God redeems his own from the sea of pain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. Trust in Christ our hope and crown Or watch the world you love go up in flames Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to lose Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? Hello, Jackie speaking. Hi, Jackie. I've just cleaned and polished my motorcycle. Who can I ride with? Why not ride with us? Who's us? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry. What is Adventist Motorcycle Ministry? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry is a Christian motorcycle riders group. We are drug and alcohol free. Rides are normally on the first Sunday of each month. Are other riders welcome? Yes, of course. But they need to be aware that AMM is drug and alcohol free. Where can I find out more information? Information. Just ring Jeff on 0458 000 Yes, call Jeff on 0458-000-505 for more details. That number again is 0458 505 
Back to Faith FM, you're seeing right across Australia and 87.6, 87.8 or 88. And we have come to that time in the day where Lyle will be answering a question. And that question today is, are you ready, Lyle? I'm ready. According to 1 John chapter 4, who is our brother? Who is our neighbor? Who is our, who is our neighbor? Who is our brother? Okay. Who is our sister? The specific who question is, is who is our neighbor? Okay, so let me just read this from 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. The Bible says, We love him because he first loved us. And if a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Mm-hmm. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what you've got in this uh, passage right here. The Bible says that, you know, and the Bible teaches that everybody is our neighbor, that we are to love and serve everybody, even when they are despicable Samaritans. Now, you might think, oh, well, the Samaritans don't really exist today. Yes, they do exist today. And do Australians consider them to be despicable? Well, in some cases we do, because there are many people who immigrate from that part of the world. Um, and because of you know the events of 9-11, the war on terrorism, etc., etc., some bad things that have happened around the world, including here in Australia, it's like, oh, anybody from the Middle East is a despicable person. And so therefore we won't have anything to do with them. The Bible says that everyone is our neighbor, and we should stop and help everyone where we can and treat them like our neighbor, do what we can to help them. Had an interesting experience yesterday or the day before? Day before, Sunday. Travelling home, guy broken down the side of the road, stopped the land a hand, and uh, his air conditioning pump had seized, mm-hmm. which meant that the belt that drove that pump had broken, and that belt also drove his alternator, so he kept driving until his battery went flat, and that's where we found him. And I looked at that whole situation. It was nothing I could do on the side of the road. But I figured, hey, all you've got to do is whack on another, you know, second-hand aircon pump. It's not going to be worth. It's going to be worth squat. Um, just whack on another aircon pump, or get the uh, the pulley free spooling, and working again, and uh, put a new belt on there. You know, what's a belt worth these days? Fifty bucks. I don't know. It's been a while since I've bought one, but surely it wouldn't be worth more than fifty bucks. And he know, and he's on his road. You know, no problem. Maybe uh, you know. 
maybe a couple of hundred dollars for a repair at the most. Mm. Anyway, I wasn't able to do that on the side of the road. He didn't speak great English. He's visiting this country. He's here on a uh, student visa for a couple of years. He leaves in a couple of months. And so I made some phone calls on his behalf because my English was better than his English. You know, I know how, you know, tow trucks and mechanics and all these kind of things, the whole system operates. So I made some phone calls on his behalf, um, connected him with a, uh, a tow truck to come and get him, was going to drop him off at mechanic, um, and then headed on my way. You know, you stop and do the, the neighborly thing. Well, then the tow truck driver turns up, takes him to his mate, who is a mechanic, and they quote him $810 to fix one belt. Oh, rough. Which means that the car car is now, they're like, oh, your car is worthless, just sign it over to us. He's here from overseas. He doesn't know any better. You know, he's this Asian guy. And, uh, and, and so he's like, oh, I can't afford 800 bucks. I'm stuck here. What can I do? And signs his car over. And then, you know, later that day sends me a text message after it's kind of too late, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and I'm just sort of thinking to myself, you know, it's really disappointing when you stop to give a guy a hand and to be a neighbor. And then some other miserable person comes along and totally rips them off. Mm. Um, and that's despicable behavior. So I guess that's a contrast there between, you know, who is my neighbor and who is not my neighbor. Anyway, there's some thoughts for you on the subject of who is my neighbor. Did we have time for another clue for our quiz? Yes. We do. Yes, we do. But I the, thought clue, we did. the clue is... It's too easy, isn't the it? The clue is, I am Jude, Michael, or Simon. <laughs> so if you want to take a guess at anyway. I don't think we should have had that clue. That was way too easy. <laughs> don't forget, if you would like your question to be here for question of the day, then just give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Text it through 0491-064-669 or send it to us via any of our social medias and mm. we will put it up for question of the day and discuss it right here on Faith FM. We will look for answers from the Bible wherever we can. We don't want to share with you our opinion. We want to share with you what the Bible says. This is Melissa Otto with Can You Hear? You're listening to Faith FM. The long battles now behind No more need to be brave For though we Night now we walk into endless day. Can you hear the voice of him singing as we come? Can you feel the love of him calling his daughters and sons? Look at every growing face. Oh, 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 oh,
is beauty without stain. For you, the Father of life, is King and forevermore to reign. Welcome back to Faith FM, or should I say, um, you know, nearly a goodbye, because we're coming to the end of our show today. Of course, it has been such a blessing to be on here, to do a Bible study, to to tell you about amazing things that's happened in the world, to, to scientifically deduce that Lyle is a big old millennial, and that... Um, yeah, sorry. But <laughs> we come to the part of our show where we give something away for free. And Lyle, what are we giving away? We are giving away the Antichrist Agenda. Uh, what is it called? The uh, um, Ten Commandments Twice Removed. Ooh, so we have been talking about in our Bible study the seal of God and the mark of the beast and, and the law of God, you know, the Lord of God Sabbath. Who, who enforces those things, what's going on with worship. And let me just read a little bit of the blurb. Uh, it says, the powers of, uh, of an unseen world are promoting an agenda to vanquish God's authority and veil Bible truths about end-time events. What part do the Ten Commandments play in the Antichrist agenda? Why is the spotlight sunny, suddenly spinning back to the Decalogue? As we approach the closing trials of Earth's history, the Ten Commandments loom large on the horizon of the immediate future. Mm-hmm. There you go. So this is a book basically expounding of what we've what we've been talking about in our study, and what especially what we've been talking about today. What is the go with the Sabbath? You know, in relation to the end time, what part does it play? If you're interested in picking up this book, you can give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we'll give it to you for free. You don't need to do anything. Absolutely, and don't forget, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, if you'd like to do my Bible study series, which is called The Prophetic Code, then give us a call and we will make that happen for you through the Discovery Center. You can study that particular series for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, you've got uh, um, 20 um, uh, full-color booklets there with um, all kinds of uh, amazing information on Bible prophecy, so don't miss out on that one. Right now we have uh, some amazing music and programming for you.
can study all the philosophies Having all the PhDs You can sleep on a bed that may be comfortable Having dreams that never end You can travel around and say Everything's going my way But there's a longing in your heart That isn't filled Jesus can and will Fill your life with peace Never did anyone leave his presence Without being changed For if anyone who's in Christ Is a brand new man So let the light of Jesus shine Throughout the land There may be troubles in your life, my friend They seem to never end And you searched in me But never found that peace But I know someone who will give you all The happiness you deserve Surrender your life to Him Jesus can and will fill 
Sings my song. 